This is the iMarket Podcast, brought to you by the Marketing Society of Kenya, EABL, and Capital FM. Today's episode features Depesh Jha. He's a chief creative officer at Scanet, a copywriter by craft. Depesh has over 25 years' experience as a creative in advertising. He has worked with the great schools of communication like Ogilvy, McCann, JWT, Lowe, Publicis, and YNR. In these agencies, he has built brands both in India and Africa, and his work is being recognized nationally and internationally in creative award shows and effectiveness of advertising. An avid reader, browser, surfer, with a keen interest in technology, it pushes him to constantly find the right platforms for brands to engage with consumers. I'm very excited about this episode as we talk about an agenda that I'm very passionate about and one that EABL and Diageo has committed to advancing. Progressive portrayal of gender in advertising, media, and entertainment is the theme of this episode. Depeche and I deep dive into creative excellence and how stereotypes and unconscious biases affect the output of content. Equally, we talk about the representation behind the camera and the gap in talent in this area. Depeche deep dives on the Kenya Milele campaign by Tascalaga and why this campaign was very different and the deliberate things that were done in production, talent selection, that were typical. Content that progressively portrays gender is not only the right thing to do, but it is also good for business, as studies have shown this. Stock prices of brands that featured diversity in the advertising increased by 69%, and a 45% increase in purchase intent was observed when advertising portrayed women equally, respectfully, and appropriately. Depeche shares his point of view on the differences between men and women in the creative process and how each role brings something to the table. He shares several examples locally and globally of companies that are getting this right. Depeche is a progressive voice and I'm really glad to have him in my corner. Welcome. Hi Depeche, so good to have you today on the inaugural Marketing Society of Kenya's podcast. Glad you agreed to be my guest. We're going to have some fun today, right? Thanks, Valera. Of course. Okay. All right. So today I have a specific agenda that I wanted us to talk about. Something very close to my heart, close to Diageo and EBL's um, heart. It's around progressive portrayal of gender in media and advertising. So for us as um, Diageo, our ambition around progressive portrayal is really to transform marketing to be representative, to be progressive, to be equal. And we want to become a driving force in the industry in partnership with agencies and our allies. As a disclaimer to the listeners, you do represent one of our agencies, our creative agencies, Canad. And we've already started doing some work around this. And that's why I was so excited to have you on this podcast. So we can talk about what you've been doing and what's your point of view around, you know, progressive media, progressive portrayal of genders in media and advertising. So what, what does progressive portrayal mean to you, Dipesh? I think progressive portrayal uh, in its true sense, it's, it's everything. I think when people talk about progressive portrayal of gender, I think the, the biggest sort of myth that it comes about is that it is portrayal of a particular gender, portrayal of both genders. Correct. Very progressively. Yes. And it works very hand in hand with about the stereotypes associated with the genders. Yes. And the two work very well to sort of bring both genders not only into 2021, hopefully (laughs) to push them (laughs) into a decade where they should be. I think people don't realize the the power of communication and advertising that we sit on is that we have the ability to shape opinions of what genders do. Right. And it is very subconsciously seeded into the advertising that we watch. And that's the responsibility that we shoulder, both as marketers and communicators. Right, absolutely. So it's all about diversity, inclusivity, 
having a more tolerant society. So at uh, EABL, we have four pillars that we look at for progress. And I know we've started working together on some of these pillars. The first one is around creative excellence, uh, creating work that really step changes progressive representation. Mm -hmm. And we look at, you know, different unconscious biases that we all have when we're creating work. Uh, So we'll talk about that for a minute. The second one is around uh, closing the gap, basically looking at even who's behind the scenes, who's behind the camera, you know, from a production point of view. What does that look like from a representation point of view um, with our creative agencies? And the third one is around progressive media, which is basically shaping the landscape of tomorrow with what we call media investment activism. We want to put our investment on progressive platforms. So let's start with creative excellence. A campaign you recently worked on uh, for EABL, Tasca Milele. As you can see today, I'm wearing a nice Tasca t-shirt. Yes, you are. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about what Tasca Milele is all about and what did you do differently around that campaign? So I think for Tusca, Kenya Milele was a campaign in the making for what we would say is close to four years. Four years? Yes. I think Tusca has been on a very nice journey of rediscovering itself as a brand. Yes. And it puts it in an absolute sweet spot for uh, the conversation that we are having. Yeah. And it so happened that 2020, when the campaign got briefed in, Tusca is coming from an era of great lineage and also great baggage. And that like always... That. Yeah, <laughs> great baggage, huh? Great baggage yeah. and great lineage. Yes. I think the baggage it carries is about it being extremely male-skewed yeah. and portraying, you know, Kenan men in in a certain kind of success image. And, and I think part of the brief to us was that how do we shed that baggage but still retain the lineage of it being representative for everything that is Kenyan. Yes. And I think that's the fine balance that we took into consideration into a campaign which uh, I'm, I mean as an agency we are extremely proud of and very proud of even yeah and yeah. it happens we wish for it many times but it's one of those conferences where every element sort of just happened you have the right client with the right attitude and the right team and the right implementation because execution is everything from production to thinking to finally how it went out and I think to make a long story short it is about the thinking bits in which every element was crafted when you say creative excellence into the communication piece itself. And then what you had pointed out earlier is about what goes into creating that. Right. And uh, there was great thought put into the production team that was creating that. Right. And so when you see Kenya Milele as a campaign outside, it tells a story of a very modern Ken youth who, while they are men, they are so atypical of the kind of advertising stories that you're going to see today out there in media and I think that's what pulls it really apart and that's what takes the brand I mean miles ahead of its competition so let's talk about even just the protagonists on Kenya Milele what was the story around that you know LSMs you know target audience you know everything so when we worked towards creating a campaign for a very big brand who was the target audience uh, it was your male 25 to 35 we wanted to center it around that audience but when we looked at that audience what we did very differently this time was we didn't look at it from the lens of what I had called baggage earlier. Mm-hmm. But we looked at uh, Kenyan youth, 25 to 35, what are they doing? So when we see progressive portrayal of gender, it is about, at this time, it was telling a story that really made the modern Kenyan male look back at his choices and say that I'm doing the right thing. Okay. So 
we constructed the entire story which was very modern which is not about your classic success of a person who's got a white collar job um, banker doing things very well making lots of money mm. but it is about an artist a photographer and you know like the creative side of that and and we wrote the story around that if you look at the choice of wardrobe that we chose to portray in Kenamilele campaign was very atypical it was carefully crafted uh, for example give me an example pastel shades Um, so guys wearing pastel shades guys wearing pastels yeah. i mean that's the kind of stuff that yeah. we don't really consider when we talk about how has the campaign gone but these are the kind of choices that subconsciously shape the opinion of people watching the commercials tell us how you even selected the talent i believe um edwin and elvis right yes yeah. edwin and elvis wonderful men and i think the way we this time set about with the casting brief was typically what we would do would be find great actors who could portray certain things mm. But since we wanted to cast an artist and a photographer who could sing, we actually went out and found a singer who could act and an artist who could act. Fantastic. And a real artist. These were screened not from video test, but by going through their, you know, like Twitter feed and their so Instagram profile. So from social profile. media, you basically Absolutely. went to social media to Absolutely. That was your casting yeah. call per se. Yes. Fantastic. So let's go to their social media, see what they are like. So you found their content online and said these yep. guys look like they would okay. Yeah. So it was very natural f- even for them. Yeah, so we did the video test. Right. But a video test for us is is sacrosanct. We have to see how they perform in front of the camera. Okay. But the screening was very atypical. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then tell us about the story. Well, why was that story different? I think what uh, makes the new story of Tusker different is the fact that I mean we've wo- woven the brand into the storytelling, which is Tusker caps, which form a gift. Yes. Which is again very thoughtful. Is that you know crown art and Tusker go back a long way. They sure do. Yeah, and as I every those Kenyan, cars, absolutely. I'm telling you. Yeah, so like every Nostalgia. Kenyan would know is that it has been <laughs> sold on the streets. So when we thought about the art form, we said that let's pick up a dying art form, okay. and that's where the brand, you know, like when when you say branded content, yeah, that was the first street branded content that Tusker ever literally uh, that Tusker had. So we said let's pick that up, and that's what the boys do. They go out to try and find a gift for one of their sisters who's getting married. Yes, and. but the artist sort of just strikes on the idea is that what he has to do is relationships are forever like the relationship uh-huh. with of tusker and the country tusker and friends and i think uh, we did that very well in them going out looking at the country being inspired by kenya yes. that you know the thing that brings sort of keeps kenyans together is that whole thing that we are kenyan and that what um, they culminate in they make the sculpture and that's the end of the story yeah. very simple plot yeah very yeah. brilliant film let's talk about behind the camera who was behind the camera what did you guys do differently i think for kenemelele uh, like i said earlier it's a lot of this production was planned right from the word go so part of ebl's initiative was to tell us that you know like this time when we promote talent yes a certain film of this caliber does require you to bring in talent from outside to execute it but yeah. what can that talent do to push to upskill knowledge skill. transfer yeah, yeah the local so, yeah so talents. we had our dop uh, yeah. he's portuguese based out of la very well known uh, dop joao pardo yeah. and uh, when he came here we specifically built it into the cost of the production which was extra which he bill paid was to bring him two days earlier and he ran a workshop for about 10 uh, upcoming uh, kenyan dops okay and he taught them the basics of you know being behind the camera and filmmaking So he uh, ran a workshop for them. He ran a workshop for okay. them for two days, and he trained about 
uh, out of them there were like four women six men okay and he trained them and that what we did was also we built into the production that the people when they finished their training would uh-huh. implement their training along with Joao during okay. the production to be the editors and creators of the behind the scenes fantastic so since so they not just learned they were also given It a practical lesson absolutely yeah yeah and uh, any good news stories out of what came out of that for those guys the good news is that as far as i remember now is that i think four of them are employed with the director of our film toshke tonga yes. so his production unit has uh, absorbed i think i think close to four people two women and two boys who are now working in his team because they were good that's fantastic yeah back at the agency where you work what are you also doing differently to close that gap see for consciously for us as an agency too we've had this initiative mm-hmm. and then personally for me where you know i had when i had come to kenya i found that this the industry here was largely male dominated right and never know the reasons but what we have done is over the years consciously we have in our agency in scanad we have put a lot of women into into the creative department to the point that there was a dearth of a lot of women writers so we have recruited now virtually we have two women writers per group and it's a okay. constant push we've got cds who are women and we're trying to sort of close that gap as fast so as we can so why were there no creative directors who are women what do you know culturally what was the reason Yeah, I know I, you've worked here, you worked in <laughs> India. Is it the same also, you know, back then? No, I, I have found that, you know, like I came to Kenya about in 2011 and over the years, I think from 2015, 2016 onwards, I have started seeing a lot more women in advertising. But the first 4 5 years, there were very few and far in between. But now what I do mm. is uh, to the HR the brief is that every time we have a vacancy, the first brief is to go out and find a woman. And so what happens is that there is also a great from a creative point of view and I'll say this and every good creative director knows this is that mm-hmm. when you have women have a very different way of approaching and tackling solutions mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to men What's and the difference straight up front mm-hmm. they are far more meticulous okay. and they are far more crafted men are mostly they are fly by the seat of their pants okay women are far more thought through is something that i have noticed in my profession and that brings a lot to the table yeah. accountability okay. thoughtfulness and, and those are things that uh, that are great assets in any creative team Depression, do you know of you know what what other brands organizations do you see as pioneers for progressive and inclusive marketing locally globally I mean do we start with global example Yeah sure I I think as a really bold brand is Essity it's a it's a female hygiene product brand and they do two products one is Bodyform one is Libris it's called the same brand by yeah. two different names and they have see when you talk about <laughs> championing progressive portrayal uh, it's also about see there are some brands that will tick the box yeah. and there are some brands that will do the things right and there are some brands that really are on the edge of the envelope okay which which push the communication space so i think that's where libris and city have been is that they have constantly pushed that envelope well give us uh, an example how they've done that Okay, hold on to your seats. I know uh, a lot of people are not comfortable with the subject, but Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first campaign that Libris did was Viva la Vulva. Okay. Which is celebrating the vagina, which mm-hmm. no brand has ever done. Because okay. you know, female hygiene was Viva about Viva la Vulva. Absolutely. I love that. So, see, most female hygiene brands uh, stay on the confidence that f- uh, that female hygiene products give you. Okay. And that's the edge of their envelope. Yeah. is that you know like like a girl right. it's a very powerful emotional message but let's not really talk about the nitty gritties 
So they said that, you know, like, why can't we talk about the nitty gritties? Yeah. And they really pushed the envelope and celebrated the vagina, which has never been done by a brand. And a lot of people had sharp intake of breath when they saw that first piece of communication. But it was like, why not? Yeah. Why really not? I mean, yeah. if Coke can talk about happiness, why can't a female product, I mean, talk about the vagina? And they did. There you go. And see, it didn't stop there. It was not a one-hit wonder. So it is uh, the beauty about brands that do this is that don't err on the good side mm -hmm. and then go back to your safe mm -hmm. zone. Now, they've become the brand that constantly pushes the envelope. So this year, I mean, they've got the black pencil and there are only three black pencils given out in 2021. Explain to us what a black pencil is. Okay, personally, I think there is Cannes, which is a great festival. Yes. People love going to Cannes. People, I mean, it's a great award. But yes. every creative truly knows that you win a DNAD. Okay. Uh, the DNAD is you know, the most respected show. And it chooses sometimes to not give awards in entire categories. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's, it's the fashion week for creative. Okay. So that's where either the best will win or they will say, no, this doesn't deserve it. And that's where we don't, I think the industry just pulls out all the stops and says that let's do this for ourselves, okay. not for commercial reasons, but for purely the sanctity of creativity. Right. And I think that's what DNAD does. So this year, I, I mean, there were three black pencils and one of them was for um, what they did was womb stories. Okay. I think everybody should go out and see that commercial. We'll drop some of the links. Yeah. Yeah, yes. we should drop the links yeah, here. Um, I mean, just go to the DNAD site and you'll see the Womb Stories, Black Pencil and the write-up. Uh, but as a marketer, my question is, yes, it was a brilliant creative campaign, mm -hmm. but what did it do f in terms of from a business outcome? You see, when you become a brand that champions women like that, I mean, when what we why for on the shelf space and the retail space uh -huh. is top of mind. Correct. You see, that's what, no matter Top what we do, awareness. everything boils down yes. to that moment of purchase. So when we talk about moment marketing, yes, you can be clever about being in the right moment at the right time. Yeah. But if you're the top of mind in my head, when I think about a certain product, yeah. you are my first choice of purchase. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another black pencil campaign that you thought was brilliant? I think black pencils is when we look at communication, you know, somehow uh, we only look at communication when we say, okay, ATL or social or digital. And, you know, like that's how the briefs come out. Mm -hmm. But the most loose word used in advertising is the let's design. Mm -hmm. Design actually is an entire category in itself. Yes. And I think... Explain what design is. So design in this pure form is just about creating something visually okay. that brings form to your idea. Okay. So whether it is a typography, whether it is a logo, whether it is a book, that is design in itself. Yeah. But the inherent thing about design and that and any art person, and I'm I'm actually a copywriter by craft, but I love art. So design any person can will explain is a medium in itself. Okay. You see, that is the power of design. Is that it does not need words, it does not need a story, it does not need a TV commercial to talk about it. So design is an art in itself. And medium. So what really won this year as a black pencil was in Chicago. Mm -hmm. During the Black Lives Matter riots, yes. uh, a lot of sh shops were being looted. So what the shop owners did was they boarded up the shops right, and yeah. they painted graffiti on it, supporting the Black Lives Matter cause. Yes. Of course, when the protests died out, what the agency and the city council did together was pull out the boards, yes. which still had the Black Lives Matter graffiti sprayed onto it, okay. and turn them into the most powerful tool that is designed now for you. And they called it Boards for Change, and they turned it into voter registration booths. So every time you walked by the street and you saw this booth with the graffiti of Black Lives Matter, all it had was a QR code, which you had to sign to register for your vote. Mm. 
because mm. the truest form of making a protest Change, yeah. is to re-elect a government yeah. that is progressive. Yeah, put your vote in. Put your vote in. Yeah. And it's and I I think using design effectively to to communicate change in a context that is socially so active is 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 like great timing. Yeah. Great design and 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 I think uh, that's why it won everything that it did. Yeah. It's I love I love even just the utility of taking those boards Absolutely. and then now designing it into something that now will actually make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking of design, so today I'm wearing um Tuscan Milele shoes by Ender Sports. <laughs> and I understand that you have something to do with these. You know, everybody's been asking me about them. They have beautiful shoes. <laughs> Tell me which other campaign did you, you know, admire that received the Black Pencil Award? The one that I want to talk about is is actually for design. And okay. the reason I'm bringing up design is that, you know, people usually when think of design, it's the most loosely used word in advertising. Please design this for me. So explain what design is. Exactly. Yeah. So good design is a medium in itself. I mean, it can be environmental design. It can be a brochure design. It can be a layout design. It can be a product design. Okay. And a good designer can talk hours and hours about design as a speciality. I'm a copywriter by craft, but okay. I love design. Okay. And that is what I loved about this campaign is the context, Chicago protests against the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So there was a great amount of rioting and looting. So what the shopkeepers did was they boarded up their shops. Yes. And painted it with graffiti supporting Black Lives Matter. Yes. Beautiful pieces of art came out of it. Right. Because people started using the boards as a medium to express their protest. Yes. And it left the city with a great amount of art. Mm -hmm. So as the protest died, shops opened. Uh, there was also the Chicago elections around the corner. Yes. So what they did for the governor's election was they pulled out all the boards uh -huh. and they turned it into uh, register your vote booths. Okay. So they used the same booths. They called it boards for change. They were used as billboards to tell people that this is a reason why you need to you know, vote in the right people to run the city. Right. And it was such a simple and effective use of design because if you're walking by the street and if you're a Chicago citizen and you saw the Black Lives Matter to register your vote, you know, the, the directness of the design appealing right. to you to say that this is my chance to make the change that I was protesting for. And the element of infusing technology. So they had the QR they code, the QR so code. it was connected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when people, the other thing is the beauty about technology is that every, every time clients think of technology, you think of it as a very constant, laborious, <laughs> expensive process. It is not. You have to find the easiest available technology at times and just implement it in the right form. Yeah. Uh, okay. I wish I had done this is one of those campaigns it's one of those where you say yeah. I wish I had done yes. this or I wish I had thought of this great as marketers we have many of those moments mm -hmm. um, but speaking of design so today I'm wearing um, Tasca Milele shoes sneakers very comfortable from Ender Sportswear and I understand you had something to do with this design tell us <laughs> about that so uh, <laughs> going back to your first question is that you know when you'd ask us in, in the campaign how was it thought through? So part of the thinking was not just when we think of a campaign is not about what will be the TVC or what will be the print communication or what will right. be the radio spot. It's about also using various elements to drive the campaign message. Yes. And 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 for a brand that is that is saying Kenyamilele, yes. you have to be Kenyan in everything that you do. Correct. So you know when we spoke as a team, we said that we look at giveaways and items like the t-shirt that you're wearing or the caps yeah but can we do something a little more meaningful in a giveaway yeah that speaks about our intention so as a more brand. than the t-shirts more than exactly. the hats yes so so what you're looking at is you know like 
very cool kicks but yes. but what the thought behind it is about this is a kenyan brand yes that is trying to create world class products so can we use design and the brand philosophy to promote our thinking as being kenyan and and that's what i think reflects in the shoe which gives you a sense of pride so there are two things that happen to you when you wear great design you love its form yeah. and you love its intent yeah and i think that pride that you have that you f- you sit and you wear it yeah. and this is this is me as a kenyan Yes. and that is the intent and that's the beauty of design and communication working together yeah definitely feel the pride in fact when i posted a picture of myself in the shoes with our head of beer aj and got bombarded by kenyan <laughs> saying we want these shoes it was so beautiful yeah. the, the the feedback the fact that yeah great design truly kenyan absolutely yeah yeah so i wish more brands would be more bold and brave so like as we're talking about progressive portrayal which brands or which organizations need to be challenged on this and challenged because i know we all have unconscious biases mm-hmm. so we do stereotype yeah and the four areas we look at as eabl when you know in terms of unstereotyping we've talked about representation a lot today who's being portrayed in the creative in the campaign we talk about how do people interact and behave mm-hmm. actually in the in the film that you're making or the content that you're doing the perspective whose point of view is it told from and again like you said both genders or from an ethnic point of view Absolutely. or ages and point of view and then characterization are the people well rounded and actually real so who do you think needs to be challenged you don't have to name particular brand <laughs> but what have you seen out there that really needs to be challenged around these um themes I think in most of these situations it is that you have to look at two things one is the absolute low hanging fruits mm-hmm. where i mean certain categories are driven by certain genders being portrayed in a certain manner yeah, yeah. so i think uh, like which categories um, by the way i'd still like to have my clients tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so. don't say the bra- just say the category see categories i think th- that's what i'm saying low hanging fruits uh-huh. categories like detergents yeah and then the flip side of it categories like engine oils Right. You see, it's categories like finance. Yeah. You know, so it's almost sort of uh, people are trying to make inways and inroads into into these categories, but you know, like for example, f- let's take a typical category, but mm-hmm. where you see subconscious bias mm-hmm. is finances. So the whole sector of finance seems to be driven by men. Right. Do you see when you say it's businessmen? Yeah. It is SME owners. <laughs> you know, like when we think of an SME owner, I ask you to close your eyes, you will describe a man. Yeah. But whereas statistically in uh, in Kenya, 60% of M stroke SME owners mm-hmm. are women. That's the power of SME of women in this sector in Kenya. Right. But you see it's you never see it. Right. If I ask you to go around and drive back home and see a billboard, mm-hmm. uh you'll only see a mama boga. Mm. You see, that's the image mm. that I think the category sort of owes it to itself mm. to correct. Correct. And and there are brands, it would be biased to take a name of few brands, but mm. there are brands that we are working with in the financial sector that mm. are absolutely cognizant of this and they are going out and making that change. Yeah. So the ones that remain are um, household cleaning products. Yeah. I think they really need to look at the category. because positive gender portrayal is also if you skew it towards women it seems about not putting women in the ad mm. that's not the point it mm. is about relooking at the role of what men have in a household yeah and when you say that what is our role as communicators and advertisers like we spoke about earlier what we do makes it socially acceptable yeah for people to do at home yeah it's a huge impact it's a huge impact yeah so you know like 
if somebody like a woman turns around and tells her husband osha viombo it's not a punishment yeah exactly it's give me a hand yes in the in the household chores yes so it's not seen as derogatory yes and that is our sort of uh, responsibility yeah also i mean if you think about you know uh professional white collar mm. uh, workers women mm. you know personally i have no issue with going home and making dinner yeah Yeah. I may not want to wash the dishes cuz I'll mess my nails. But <laughs> <laughs> I will have no issue with that. But do I see myself represented in communication where I am a professional white collar and I go home and I'm still, you know, taking care of the family, um uh, my husband's also supporting me with that. Mm-hmm. Do we see that, you know, consistently? Uh, that's what I said. I think that part is yeah. is something that we really need to sort of take cognizance as both marketers and communicators yeah. and challenge ourselves yeah. is that you know we've got the communication right but are the are the nuances that we are building into the communication communicating the right things too yeah and uh, as a brand we need to think about what do we think of the people who actually buy our brands absolutely you know? yeah so we actually you know think about the the consumer and and the consumer behavior which is not linear it's there's so many you know different things that go into it We're talking about, you know, breaking stereotypes. Um how does this work out? Is there a balance to it, you know, what should we be thinking about as marketers? So, uh, I mean, now this is the beauty about uh, advertising that I think almost all marketers know mm-hmm. and communication people swear by is that uh, yes, there is a broad structure to to creating that balance, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, there is a bit of science behind it, but there is this little fine art Yeah. of finding that balance. Yes. And and that is why I'm glad our jobs will never be replaced by AI. Uh, Because you, it's you, science and art. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will never be an app. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I am not an app away from extinction. <laughs> so uh, uh-huh. so I think so what happens is when people talk about unstereotyping, finding the right gender portrayal is that there is there is correction and there is overcorrection. Okay. And when you overcorrect, you fall into the trap the same. It's like you close the loop and go back to where you started from. Give us an example of that. Um let me talk in broad senses, not in specifics. Is okay. that uh, um because you know people have very long memories <laughs> and and so do brands. So what happens is that when you go out in a piece of communication to say that let me change the portrayal of one person. Mhm. And you say that let's diminish the role of the other person. In, in as a gender mm. so what you've done is reverse yeah. the loop yeah and sometimes as communication partners you can you can sort of guide your client and say that you know there is an instinct in me that is saying is that when you change these two critical words in this dialogue yeah it diminishes the role yeah. of the other person or if you reduce this part in the script this is what happens yeah. because the net takeout is going to be like the person does not have a role yeah and We've seen this happen. Okay. Because this is the learning, this is the evolution curve for a lot of things and you err on the side of just going wrong. And we've had a time where we had to sort of re-edit something mm-hmm. and reshoot certain bits to get that balance right. Yeah. And this is something that that is intuitive and I think both partners have to be on the table and very conscious about what they're doing. So give me a hypothetical example of how that played out. Like what what did that look like? What is a role that you you know yeah. got it wrong yeah. and then had to go back and change? If classically mm. in most men's products mm-hmm. uh like deodorants mm-hmm. women were objectified yes and kept as props right so in household products yeah the men 
were seen irrelevant and right. therefore treated as props okay and the more you dial up the role of a person being all achieving mm-hmm. you're dialing down and driving the you know the point that the male role is actually minimal mm. what you should do is partnerships okay not sort of over celebrate a person's role in doing something but you're talking about partnerships you know where african culture and you know somebody would argue you know in the household there is no partnership you know this is a woman's role this is a men's role absolutely i think it's it's a very interesting phase for even in every society it mm. goes through that phase yeah. and you know in my history of uh, you know like 15 years in in india mm-hmm. in advertising and we were a very orthodox society okay and and i think what we face in africa is exactly what we faced back in india okay. and that is why the culture sort of match somehow is because it is it's patriarchal yeah and therefore it is reflected in the advertising yes but there has been a stage where you know today the society is changing yeah same here in kenya you know you have the urban culture which has accepted a lot of things yeah but men are actually hiding behind the system that allows them to do not uh, uh, not do a lot of things yeah and therefore our role is to keep challenging that yeah and the more we challenge that and into more mainstream brands that we challenge that yeah is we'll be able to affect that change Yeah. And therefore when you ask me the categories that should go first is the low hanging fruits. Absolutely. Because once those that category sees the role of men change, then the niche categories, I mean their job will be done. Yeah. So I'd love to see a, a research study on the effect of the pandemic on the role of the the, the man in the household because men were home more. Actually in my house it has changed completely. I used to be one holding the mop, now I am the mop. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> okay. So, even just speaking about culture, you know, uh in Kenya we have this culture of memes, you know, memes come out and yeah. and I love it. Uh, Kenyans are so creative. Yeah. Any small, you know, news, uh, you know, p- whatever. Party after party. <laughs> yeah. What what do you think is the role of memes in, you know, in in communication and marketing? I I'll tell you the is you know advertising is very subjective yes. and every creative has a point of view disclaimer <laughs> so um but largely uh, what most brands do and their association with memes is to be in a place where your content is so popular that it is memed mm. but never use meme as a as medium to promote your content okay you know the, the, the yeah i think that's that's the sing you know most of my guys when they come back and they say that you know i have an idea for social which we should use this meme mm. so my pushback is no create it's such good content that it becomes, that it becomes a meme i like that yeah. love that okay and just to end off who would you say you know is a cmo or marketing director globally or locally that you respect greatly and why so let me start with somebody who influenced uh Uh, my career uh-huh. and that was back in india um he's uh, i mean you won't know him but he's he's in nestle now he sits in switzerland his name is chandrashekaran he's chandru we used to call him why he shaped my career is that um you know we used to work on a very tough brand in india called etel okay at a very young age uh, i started heading the the creative that okay. was responsible for the entire brand and that's the brand that actually brought me into africa okay so when we sat there and 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 television used to be a very large medium right for communication and yeah. each of the stories that we told because we were speaking to mass audiences had to really resonate yeah be earthy and 
craft themselves to a point where you know you're hammering home a message in every second of that commercial yeah. you know the you know the the coding in a commercial yeah uh, when you talk about where is the house mm-hmm. what is that woman wearing okay. why is the child saying what they're saying okay it is it is not just about an art it is about it being respecting both art mm-hmm. and still being very powerful in its communication i think okay. i think that man had that sense some people have a great understanding of medium and he was the only non creative person in my life that i would listen to as an advice on what the script was because he had the ability to pick up a dialogue and say remove that word okay and it did not come from a bias of saying i don't like it okay it came from a point of saying what will it really mean to a woman watching that commercial wow so there is that's craft i think that's why i respect not just him but yeah. a lot of marketers who truly understand craft okay and and while a lot of marketers i'll say this today feel that craft is somebody else's responsibility what it does in communication with advertising is that you know we don't create off the shelf products yeah we are bespoke yeah. every piece of communication is true to both the creator of the communication and the buyer of the communication and when they work together is you'll find you'll create something that is perfect Yeah. And and that is one CMO I respect a lot. Kenya actually I have worked with almost every category that I have worked with. <laughs> I have found people who are very encouraging. Mhm. And willing to challenge the boundaries in their own. So let's start with Tusker. Mhm. I mean AJ and team. Right. We wouldn't be where we were if they didn't give us the canvas to do the things. Yeah. and it's very important for a marketer to have that absolute faith in the team that they work with yeah and say this go out and create yeah so aj gvt gene mutula yes. all of these guys so yes. it's not just the heads of yes. and cmos it's the entire team needs to come together yes to understand the concept and sell it yeah let's go back to the issue of of craft um what would be advice to a young upcoming marketer in terms of honing that skill is it a skill that's learned is it you know in it what what's your advice you know i have been speaking to msk i my other uh, my other hat is the vice chair of msk yes you are the vice chair uh, of msk and yes. i also sit on the msk council so you are my vice chair much yes. respect <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, you know the other conversation that i had with msk was which i find we should do a lot is train the young marketers into the craft of communication okay because like i said communication is not an off the shelf product Correct. you don't walk into an agency and walk into ilb 9b <laughs> and say that that one in 500 grams right. there's no sku yes it is crafted for you yes. and and sometimes yes as creative people it's it's difficult for us to admit but there are times when you are switching so many hats on that particular craft we like getting pushed back okay and the push back is not about saying no the push back is about engagement hey this radio spot the second line can it be a little bit more funny right as opposed to saying i don't like it right you know i don't like so it even cannot even how you give how absolutely. the client gives back feedback yeah craft is pushing into craft teaches mm. you to it sharpen your feedback okay. it leads you to sharpen the product so this yeah, is i think there's there's a, a huge issue in how we as marketers give feedback to creatives absolutely yeah and and i think it it even dwells on you know what does that do for the creative from a, even a mental health space they've worked on this and then come i don't like it exactly no there is yeah there's the other thing as feedback and a, a lot of times being straightforward mm-hmm. or saying that i'm being blunt mm. is not the most constructive way mm. because you're rejecting something 
Right. You know, and 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 communication and brands are not in an accepting rejection relationship. Yeah. It, it's it's how I like that. It's not exception, uh, accepting or rejecting. Yeah. Uh, it 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 can make any relationship go wrong. Yeah. It does not bring the best foot forward in anyone. I mean, you can start with your five-year-old at home. You cannot just turn around and say, "I don't like it." Yeah. You will have to say, "Can you use the color black instead of blue?" for hair because probably that's the color of hair that papa has yes. not blue yes. so so it's it's the same thing with communication partners and i think a lot is the dynamics of the industry today okay where we have reached where it has become very transactional yeah you know um i'm sorry i'm a little dinosaur i've been in the industry for about 27 years but it came Do not apologize <laughs> <laughs> you no no great experience yeah so uh, you know there was a time in advertising where brand books mm-hmm. were guarded in agencies mm-hmm. and they were passed on from brand owner to brand owner okay because the guard book in the agency was far more valuable uh, valuable for its resource for the brand than the brand owner in the in the marketing seat okay because they would refer to it to see the history of the brand and the agencies were the caretakers of it Correct. But the current dynamics have changed it completely into a transactional relationship and therefore the engagement of the agencies are becoming for very short term purposes. Okay. And therefore if you see coming back to feedback mm-hmm. is that you're approaching it from a very sort of sometimes a here and now decision. Okay. And the agency may be coming from it from a lineage. Right. And therefore what the brand needs to do. Yeah. So it cannot be complete disregard for everything. So it has to currently go back into that space where it is a little bit more collaborative. Therefore marketers back to your original question yeah feedback creativity craft mm. it's it's the onus of your communication partner but it is your responsibility to be as involved yeah. in that process yeah it's it's like it's co-creation these days it's no longer absolutely yeah i briefed you i walked away it's, i come it's back. a rally yeah there is there's a driver yeah. there's a navigator absolutely it one goes wrong yeah you're in the ditch correct great Any parting shots, Dipesh? I was hoping there would be two on the table, but anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, next time we're in the studio. So, okay. Thank done. you so much, Dipesh. It's been great, great conversation. I've learned quite a bit as well. No, I've learned a lot today too. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you, Vedera. This is the iMarket podcast, brought to you by the Marketing Society of Kenya, EABL and Capital FM.